going on everybody good morning on this monday morning at 8 a.m i appreciate you joining us here with my guy ron for this episode of buckeye roast ron how you doing pretty good pretty good going through this transition of us becoming morning people because <laughs> let me tell you something your guy ron is not a morning person i am up an hour and 45 minutes every morning <laughs> Uh, to do this show earlier than I'm normally awake, so trying to find the energy to talk some Buckeye football here this morning with you guys. How you feeling? Uh, I'm good. I, I ain't no morning person either. Somehow I keep waking up by accident or on purpose to get up and do this, but um, honestly, <laughs> chat brings the energy every morning. Y'all are up, so we'll get up. We'll talk ball. We'll give you some news, give you some opinions, and have a good time and get your day started, so... Um, we actually got a pretty good week here. We will get into that later. We got some some stuff coming for you, but um, want to ask early. So today we're gonna focus on more so the young guys, young guys at camp. So I want to know in the chat, like which freshmen are you really looking forward to? Which ones do you think will make an impact? And not everybody take the obvious ones. Let's <laughs> let's do a little diversity there. But um, let me give so you. So we the actually show have uh. Yeah, no, we have a uh, poll up right now. No, I was just going to say we have a poll up right now, um, which freshman receiver will have the most yards this season. So go ahead and let us know in the chat which one you think. We'll circle back and uh, check the results here later in the show. Yeah, yeah. So uh, good morning, right? Good morning, Daryl. I see you in there. I and Dave's beard in here early. So how y'all doing? Okay, so (laughs) the show knows for today. So we're going to talk a little Dante Moore. Obviously, the freshman quarterback at UCLA. Talk a little bit about him. Um, Lincoln Kyle has been turning some heads, so we will touch on him. And Malik Hartford, Ron's guy. He's he mentioned him on every show. I think he's contractually <laughs> obligated. <laughs> so, <laughs> sponsored, sponsored by somebody. Um, the and the freshman wide receivers. You know, obviously, best wide receiver class in the nation. Of course, every year we do that. So we want to talk to them. It could, it could be. We got we got to see about that. It could be ever. Let's cross our fingers. So we'll see about that. But yeah, so we'll do a couple things with those guys and uh, talk some ball. So let's start with UCLA quarterback Dante Moore. That's where we'll start. There he is right there. Looking good. So, so Ron, Dante Moore has been the man in the news lately. Big signing by UCLA, which became a big signing for the Big Ten. Once we got that news, they were coming over. Excited to see that, but it's been a little bit of a little bit of he's not quite happy there, you would say. A little bit of he might leave, he might transfer out. So let's jump into that. Ron, let me know what's going on with Dante Moore. Yeah, so after Dante Moore transferred from Oregon, or didn't transfer, he decommitted from Oregon and committed to UCLA. Um, We thought he was the quarterback of the future, and we see reports this weekend that he's unhappy with his NIL situation. Um, They're not really fulfilling some of the things that he he was promised. He thought that he was going to be a starter there, and now he's considering the transfer portal. And before a week ago, before we knew that we had the West Dakota Heisman already tearing things up on campus, I would say spin the block and go try to get Dante Moore. I think Dante Moore was the in my opinion, the best quarterback in this freshman class coming in this year. So to see that he could potentially be leaving UCLA, I mean, all I'm thinking is fingers crossed this guy goes somewhere else other than the Big Ten because I don't want to see him. And with UCLA coming to the Big Ten, that is not a player that I want to play against, especially if he's not like 
he's not on our team, I don't want to see him. So uh, it, it's just crazy that where we've arrived in such a short time, Oregon, UCLA, now possibly the transfer portal, and all of the talk of us not having a quarterback in the class, you would think this is someone that we would possibly spin back on. But with all the things that we're hearing about Lincoln Kinolds, why? You know what I mean? I don't I, I don't know if it would even be necessary at this point. So now my primary concern with Dante Moore is could he end up back in his home state and play for the Piss Skunks? Or could he be playing for Michigan State? I, I don't know. So uh I'm interested to see how this plays out. Does he get his NIL situation situated? Or does he uh end up in the transfer portal and end up at a another Big Ten school that we may have to play? Yeah, I would say um, for Dante Moore and like I I actually I was watching Berm show yesterday and he's talking about, you know, the difference between what the SEC schools will do for talent and what the Big Ten or Northern schools will do for talent. And this actually worries me a little bit because I kind of like Dante Moore at UCLA. I mean, obviously he's unhappy, but having a big time quarterback go there, especially when they're going to be here next season as a sophomore, this is going to be one of the more talented probably high potential players in the nation. And as far as the Big Ten goals goes, we are really lacking and hurting on talent, especially when we talk recruiting. So I don't want, you know, as much as I don't want to see Dante Moore, I would much rather have that level of competition in the Big Ten going throughout the season and be able to play a guy like that just to get us prepared for the guys we're going to have to play when we go to college football playoffs or try to win a natty, certain things like that. So I'm hoping he will stick around. Obviously, you know, everywhere else, maybe besides Ohio State, we're starting to see this unpromised NIL, you know. Well, it's big in California. USC and UCLA don't (laughs) seem to be big on following their promises for for NIL. We saw Jordan Addison with similar complaints uh, about uh, USC last year. So, yeah, be careful with them California schools. Could be fool's gold. There you go. Sorry about that. But um, but yeah, so that seems that that seems to happen. Yeah, I guess the California schools are the worst, but I'm sure it happens. Uh, I wouldn't know of, about I don't know about a lot that. of places around Florida. Florida might have something to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I those, I've actually heard about them most prominently, but I'm sure they're not the only ones. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of schools who aren't giving out what they necessarily say. And, and Texas A&M was, was on the headlines for that. But um. Yeah, so I want to keep as much talent in the Big Ten as possible. If he does leave UCLA, I would love to see him in a bit like a Michigan State. I know he highly considered them. Heck, I don't know. I mean, Lincoln Kyholz has come in, and he, he's been very impressive. I don't know if Ohio State necessarily be like, nah, we're good. I'm sure they would, would, would take a strong look regardless, as talented as he is. But, but yeah, I'm – this news kind of kind of worries me a little bit with them coming into the Big Ten, but hopefully things will get sorted out. So one last question. Our guy Yoder put it on the timeline last night. Could Dante Moore be the replacement for JJ McCarthy when he leaves Michigan? <laughs> Whether that's uh, in a year or I two. I heard Jay He's Davis a Michigan was, guy. Yeah, Jay Davis is the second coming, so he might have to <laughs> I'm here to tell you all right now, Dante Moore and Jaden Davis are not the same caliber quarterback. There is a reason why one of them is a five-star. There's one, a reason why one of them is a former five-star. Like, Dante Moore is significantly better than Jaden Davis if I'm Jim Harbaugh or whoever's the coach of Michigan at that time. 
Yeah. Who knows who that may be? Because if Dante <laughs> Moore's coming in two years, it may not be Harbaugh. But I think anybody in their right mind that had to choose between Jaden Davis or Dante Moore is taking Dante Moore on their team. And I think that's a program-changing type of quarterback. No, 100%. I'm right with you. Yeah, he can land anywhere in the Big Ten, Michigan, Michigan State. Those would be my my first two looks if he leaves and stays in the Big Ten. So that was Dante Moore. I see y'all in the chat. Go ahead and like the video. Remember, we go live 8 a.m. every morning. So get somebody else up. Make sure you bring them over with you. Let's all hang out and we go together and get our day going productive. So I'm going to move on to another quarterback, one that we actually have on roster and that is the West Dakota Heisman, Lincoln Kineholz. So Lincoln Kineholz has been turning, she's been turning heads at camp, been balling out. So I would like to ask you, Ron, what, what do you think about the first impressions of hearing Lincoln Camp really looks the part and really may be the part? They, they, some people say he, he might be, he might be in the quarterback competition. So I want to get your thoughts on that. I am beyond excited about the things that we are hearing about the West, the West Dakota Heisman, but. It just goes to show that Buckeye fans love the shiny new toy more than anything because two weeks ago, Devin Brown was the flavor of the month, and now Lincoln Kainholtz gets out there and he's running around with no pads on, and people are already talking, is this a three-quarterback battle? It's just any time a new quarterback steps on campus, he is the most popular guy amongst Buckeye fans. I mean, two years ago, uh Cal McCord comes into the spring game throws a dot to Garrett Wilson the first play of the spring game and they're like is this our guy like <laughs> CJ struggling in the Oregon game they're screaming for Cal McCord and here we are two years later and they're like play Devin Brown <laughs> all Devin Brown all we hear Devin Brown's name all summer wait till he's healthy can't wait till he starts throwing Lincoln Kineholds gets out there starts running fast during camp it's the it's the Lincoln show already. So, I mean, <laughs> I think the, I just think it speaks to the talent and the depth in that room. And I'm super excited. And like I, I saw one, I'm not sure which beat reporter said it, but they talked about what an asset he's going to be for the scout team this year. Not only having a guy that can move, but a guy that can really throw the ball. Uh, shout out Tristan Jebbia, but at the same time, getting those reps and having that experience and the talent of Lincoln Kineholds on your, uh, on your scout team can only make the defense better. Yeah, no, it's, it's great to hear those early reports. And I mean, that's what you, that's what you want to hear. I mean, you don't expect the guy to come in, light the world on fire and actually compete for the job, but you want to hear a guy looks the part, a guy's picking things up, a guy is, you know, acclimating very well because, you know, obviously we had a, a five-star quarterback a couple of years ago who didn't accl acclimate too well coming in early. And then everybody had high expectations for them and he couldn't live up to it. And then he left before, even had the chance. So that's just what you want to hear from freshmen in general. It's, it's such a hard transition going from college. I mean, going from high school to college and you're away from home, things are going crazy, but it seems like this class in general and not just like in kind holes, but we heard from Cardinal Tate, Jelani Thurman, like these guys are acclimating very well. And that, and that's great too for the entire class because when you have those guys come in early, when guys come in for the summer, like a Brandon Ennis, they just pull them along. Like, bro, I already know, I already know where to tell you to go. I already know the best spots to eat. I already got the key to the key to the Woody when we need to get in there. So, you know, you love to see that. So I, I do want to ask this question for you and the chat. 
So Lincoln Conholes is coming in. We expect him in a year to look like a completely different quarterback. He's going to level up. And Devin Brown, we'll, we'll say, will still be here by then. So maybe he has the job. Maybe he's competing for that starting job for the next season. Do you think with those two going into next season, there will be another quarterback battle that we're talking about? And that's for the chat as well. Let me know. I mean, it sounds like it. Uh, I mean, the way people are talking about Lincoln, it sounds like it's going to be a battle. But, I mean, again, we're in one of these situations where could we see Kyle McCord start this year while everyone's screaming for Devin Brown? And then next year, it's finally Devin Brown's turn, and we have people screaming for Lincoln Keenholds. I think the quarterback room is in a really good place right now. And I'm right now, fingers crossed, that we have three straight years of one and dones. I would love to see our quarterbacks sit for two years behind a first-round quarterback and then become a first-round quarterback themselves. Hopefully, Kyle will be the first to do it this year, followed by Devin, followed by Lincoln, followed by Air. And then maybe Juju Lewis? Who knows? <laughs> but I don't know who that next quarterback is, but I feel like the three that we have in line and four with Air Nolan uh, arriving next year, I I would love to see a a standard succession plan of one and done. That's what I'm hoping for. I, I know there it likely with the talent that he's displayed already, there's gonna be a battle next year because you know Ryan Day's not just gonna hand someone the starting job and let them sit comfortable all through spring, especially one who's never started a game. Fingers crossed that whoever our starting quarterback's healthy and we don't have to have a backup coming and start. But if we have another starter coming in next year with no experience and no starts under his belt, I don't see a scenario where Ryan Day is just going to anoint someone the starter immediately without making them at least have a media-style battle during uh, spring camp next year before naming a starter. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's what you want. And I like that at, at all positions, basically, for the most part. I mean, at most times you can play two. I mean, you can play probably two years and, and get away with it before the next guy is really on your heels. But at the quarterback position, the way it's lined up, you would want Kyle McCord to be like, hey, like, <laughs> start, this is this is your year. And, you know, Devin is right on your heels if you win the job. So you better <laughs> go ball out there next year. It may be his job. And it's the same with that. Devin has the one year in Kyle. And uh, I'm sorry, Lincoln Kyle holds is on his heels. Like, dang, I got to ball out this season because next season I might not be able to hold this guy off. <laughs> Let me go ahead and get here and get to the league. So that's just the kind of president you want. And you would love that not only a quarterback, but just across the board. So I'm really happy where this quarterback room is. Like you said, Aaron Nolan's coming in. Davis St. Clair is after that. Just a lot of talented guys who get two years of development to Ryan Day, and then let's see what they can do. So, And one every year, if you miss one, you, you got another guy there. So all those things work well for us. So I'm really happy where this quarterback room is. So, Ron, um, you're bringing up some chats. Let's get to those, and then we'll move on to your guy, Malik Hartford. Yeah, Doreen asked, do you remember Quinn versus CJ? And that might have been the most infuriating time to ever be a Buckeye fan. Because we had our guy, Doug Maurice from Buckeye Talk. I believe he is now on the Kings of Columbus is where he currently resides. But he used to say, what about that special factor? What if Quinn is just so special he has to play? Quinn gets to campus, he's sick, he has to be away from the team, he comes back, he's not getting reps, and we see Quinn only take three snaps as a Buckeye. I would just pray that we don't have another insane situation where we have people trying to convince us 
a 17-year-old junior in high school is going to come in and start for the Buckeyes on seven days' notice. I hope we never have a battle like that again. <laughs> Just come in, take it, take the job. No, yeah, man. Yeah. Quinn's Quinn, time flew by, but man, was it was it a fun camp? Just for everything to talk about. He, he might not be the backup. He might not be the backup's backup, but he might be the backup. Oh heck, he might start. <laughs> <It's a> battle, <laughs> so. Yeah, man, that was too funny. So yeah, so um, let's move on to your guy, Malik Hartford. So you got a couple clips for us. He's been he's been so called tearing it up at camp. So uh, let's see what you got for us. Yeah, so you know I've been banging the drum for Malik Hartford since day one, and we know he was a viral sensation last year uh, on the timeline with his crazy hits. So before we get into this conversation, for those who have never seen the clip. We are going to introduce you to the hard-hitting Malik Harford, freshman safety for Ohio State. Woke up with my smoking dope. I'll be hot till next week. No, I had to let her go because she can't arrest me. Woke up with my toolie. What they do? Meet me in the alley with the troops. I got red shooters. I got blue. Let that thing down and point at you. Uh, Billy or the Rari, hold that you. Uh, we gon' ride the bank, bring the loop. Uh, we gon' take the boy back to school. Money. So we know we're getting ourselves a hitter, but he's. let's take a look at him in coverage. He's showing up. We're thinking he's a thumping safety. And here he is. First couple days of practice. And go. Look at our guy! Look at our guy! So now, I just want to show some love to our freshman safety working on bringing BIA back and representing for the Ohio kids. I just want to get your thoughts on Malik Hartford because that's such a crowded room. We hear names like Kai Stokes. Uh, we hear Jihad Carter's there starting at free safety now. What is it going to take for our guy Malik Hartford to climb this depth chart in the next couple of years with all the talent in front of him at safety? Yeah, so first of all, shout out to Malik Hartford, coming in Ohio guy, hard hitter as we've known him, but we want to see him become an all-around safety. And obviously, the early buzz is good. The early buzz is like, remember what Kai Stokes had last year, and kind of what we're referencing back at quarterback. That's what you want. You, you want the early buzz. You want to know guys with the part. You want to know evaluations like Chris Dredd stressed on, you know, actually match what we're going to get. So that is good right there. But, like, as you talk about, this is a, it's a hard battle room. And I'm also wondering what position Malik Harford will necessarily play. From, from his high school times, it looks like he's going to be more that Ronnie Hickman role, that box guy coming down, hitting people, kind of in, enforcing the lane a little bit. But also, too, he could play the free safety. And then, then you're hitting into the Kai Stokes territory. Then you're hitting to the Jihad Carter territory. But I, I think for the most part, it's a little log jam there. So in one side, you're happy because you're like, okay, out of the three guys or, you know, four guys, as many as going to be in this room, somebody's got to be able to play. So that does give you comfort. But if we're talking about Malik Harford in general, um, I think I think it's gonna be a little hard for him with Jahad Carter having an, I think he has another two years. Is this does he have this year and next year? So he has those two years. Kaiso's only a sophomore, so he has another three years. So it's a little bit of a competition room. And as much as we talk about misses of safety, we got some guys who 
have but we don't know if they can play yet. We haven't seen, but they have potential to be able to play. So that's what I'm saying. Well, we have some hitters in that room, and that's one thing that with all the questions that we've had at safety and the misses that we've had on the recruiting trail, that room is deep as all hell. Like I'm confident in the kids that we have coming up in the safety room. And even if we do have misses this year, I think we're good for another year. And I feel like we're going to see depth in the secondary that we haven't seen in years, especially with, um, I think we're going to have depth that we haven't seen in years, especially with all the freshmen that we have in here. Like last year, I mean, we had a kicker repping at cornerback. So the <laughs> fact that, you know what I mean, a year later we're talking about is a guy like Malik Hartford who's already showing out, like how many years is it going to take him to get on the field? Uh, I, I think it's great to see that type of depth in the room, not just for injury reasons, but just the competition in the room as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he will because I think Bonsu will eventually be a linebacker. I don't know. We we've seen the dudes with these bigger safeties that like, oh, they're gonna you know be in the back end of Jim Knowles' defense. It's like, come on, man. No, they're not. I knew Court Williams was a linebacker four years ago. Now they want to be a linebacker. All right, cool. Like, so with Bonsu, are they gonna wait as long as it took to figure it out with Court Williams right, yo, to get a linebacker? Might. Yeah, he's gonna be safety for another two years. We're gonna be like, bro, you're pushing, you know, two forty. <laughs> you know, you came out of high school at like at like 210, 215. There's no way you're running the back end, playing safety, flying around. You're just your body's just gonna take you there. So I don't think Bonsi will necessarily be in that room, but guys like Malik Harfer there can just step in in that Ronnie Hickman role. It's kind of where I see him in the future. And that he was a little smaller than I thought he was, but they say he's putting on the weight. He's gonna probably be back up to 200 pounds when it's all said and done, or somewhere around there. So I would expect him to be there. Obviously, we got. I don't want to screw his name, but McLean coming in next year that also fits that body type of that hitter. So you you need those guys because dudes, <laughs> dudes uh, have been going across the middle like it was just a, a free holiday. There's nobody really laying pads on them, so that's got to change. And obviously, I feel like Sonny Styles too will be in that box safety role, even though they're saying he's you know he's playing the alley. So I don't know. Cam disagrees with me, but I don't know. I feel like Bonds end up going to be a linebacker. That's just me. I guess we'll see. But happy to have 30 people in here. And Rana, I'll spin it back to you for um, where do you think where do you think Malik Harford actually fits, and who you think is going to come out that battle? And actually, I want to ask who you think is going to be the starting safeties next year. They'll throw a little curveball for you. Okay, so I think we will have another battle at free safety next year. I think you'll see Jihad Carter rotate down to the nickel next year, and you'll see uh, Kai Stokes Malik Harford battle at. Free safety, and you will see Sonny Styles playing strong safety next year. That would be my guess. Um, I'm not going to count. I'm not going to count Malik out. He's been on. Uh, he's been in camp for two days, so um, <laughs> who knows where where he will be in a year or two. So I think that he will uh, definitely be in the mix for a starting role at some point next year. So uh, I don't know. I don't know how soon his time will come, but I definitely think he'll be fighting for a spot next year. No, that's actually a good guess, and I, I won't disagree with that. So a, a good part of me that wants to see that Kai Stokes, Sonny Styles back in that we've been waiting for for three years. So I think we'll go there. <laughs> I think he'll be fighting to get to get times and reps in there. And then, yeah, Jihad um, will probably roll down, the, roll down the, uh, that third corner position. Seems like that would be the fit for him. Because we have superstar five-star nickel cam, Sonny Styles. Have you not heard? That's why. 
Like I said, I was buying that yesterday. Dog had so had sold me on it with the particular type of matchups and twelve personnel. So you have to be out of money. You were buying everything yesterday. <laughs> I bought like two. If Jim Knowles would have popped up with a f- oceanfront property in Kansas, you would have bought it yesterday. <laughs> hey, Jim Knowles is a guru. So and, and he went to an Ivy League school. So if he says go for it, I'll, I'll ride with Jim Knowles. <laughs> He's a finesser. He got two million dollars for last season, so I'll give him that. Oh man! So let's let's roll into wide receiver talk there. So obviously, freshman wide receiver, a lot of hype. Everybody's excited for them, and I know you have some clips. So let's roll the clip first, then we will jump into these freshman wide receivers. Yeah, our guy Noah Rogers showing out in camp already with this ridiculous catch. So we're gonna show everybody. Cause they gon' hate when I turn up and they gon' hate when I'm on Yeah, they was hating hard before, now they just mad at I'm star Yeah, they thought this shit was funny, now they ain't laughing at all From the mud to the pent, had to earn my respect Gee. <laughs> how, does Brian, how does Brian Harline keep doing it? Like, receiver after receiver after receiver after receiver you hear you start reading a tweet that says the freshmen are going crazy at practice and you never know which one they're talking about because every day it's someone different brandon ennis looks like an alien out there carnell tate is he the backup x already no rogers making these type of crazy clips like how do they keep doing it um, I mean, that's what that's what happens when when you when you have stacked that room to the point where you have guys every year going off to the first round. Guys want next up, and like we touched on on Buckeye BS on on Sunday, the reason it was so hard to to recruit a safety is you haven't seen that year after year guy going to the draft, and it's like, all right, who's next? Who's filling that position? So that development wide receiver is completely opposite. I mean, you had the room just a couple years ago with a possible six first rounders in there playing at the same time in the was it the, uh, spring ball. So before uh, J-Mo left. So obviously that development is going crazy. It's not hard to sell. Ron, you could go there right now, recruit, <laughs> recruit wide receivers. And so leave Brian Hartline at home and be like, hey, look what we got. I, I don't think I can. I think <laughs> Brian Hartline is a, really the reason that these kids are coming here. Like these kids love Hartline. And it's to the point that Hartline's not just recruiting wide receivers anymore. The connection that he's able to make with these recruits is unrivaled at this point in college football. And I think that just makes him even more and more appealing as a head coach one day, whether that's down the line at Ohio State or if he leaves for a different opportunity, this ability to recruit other positions and, you know, cross over to the defensive side of the ball and build those relationships. I feel like that is just another uh, notch in his belt as far as things that he could do and another thing to put on his resume uh, as a future head coach one day. Yeah, man. I mean, he, he sold it. He's got a connection with guys. And even in this NIL space, Brian Harline really hasn't had the drop off or maybe the struggle of some other position groups. But, um, yeah, these guys are killing it. And, I get, and Brian Harline, he's a young guy. You know what I'm saying? He seems charismatic when you get him from interviews. The guy you just want to play for. And you can feel that through. And, and these kids are feeling that. And they're showing up. And not only do they show up for him, they play hard for him. And that's the most important thing. Getting guys on campus is one thing. But getting a guy to really buy into what you're selling and go out there and put it on the line for you, that's what you want. So 
Hopefully we keep Hartline as long as we can. I mean, obviously got the OC Rose. Got a he's he's making a little bit of money out now. You know about the, about the same we're producing here. So you know he's making a little nice check. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So hopefully he's around a bit. So I want to start with the reports early. Obviously Ennis and Carnell Tate are killing it. That's what we've heard, and we'll get a little bit more report on that tomorrow. But I wanted to ask you, Ron. Um, uh, early wide receiver reports what are you hearing what do you like who's the guys who are really standing out i, I you just said the names carnell tate and brandon ennis are south florida express guys you know that we're uh we're sponsored by south florida express we pump a ton of south florida express prop propaganda um we've they've been so good to us as the amount of kids that they've uh passed to the program and i feel like those kids are going to just continue the dominance that we saw in seven on seven and in Florida football, uh, we saw the Bishop Sycamore uh, documentary trailer come out the other day, and we see Carnell Tate throwing up the OH after running loose on that secondary. So I think they're just going to continue the dominance that they had in high school, and that's going to translate immediately in college. And I feel like within the first three weeks of the season, we're going to be having conversations about shuffling. Uh, that wide receiver rotation up if we don't see production from that battle at Z. We had the episode the other day where we talked about Julian Fleming and Jaden Ballard. Those guys don't really have much room to play with the talent that's coming in in the freshman class because I feel like Brian Hartline will be quick to shake up that lineup and get one of these freshmen in there if someone else isn't performing outside of Emeka and Marv. Yeah, and hopefully, man, hopefully he does extend this lineup a little bit. That was that was one of the the few criticism I had on Brian Hartline, and a lot of people had last year that he was kind of running these guys into the mud. And then once you got to the Michigan game, they look tired. They they look like they don't look like the wide receivers we had early in the season because you put that much stress on their body without without break. So having these guys come in, and I don't know necessarily if we're gonna see you know all them. Hopefully one or two, and maybe. Hopefully one or two from last year, those guys step up and can, can, can contribute. And we actually get some depth here. We can go six deep, which we should be able to do because we have we have the numbers on roster to do it. Enough talented guys who have experience. Obviously, Xavier Johnson is back. Jaden Ballard has been around for a while. Julian Freeman has already played. So we'll see if we can get that extend a little bit and get actually better production out of our receivers later in the season. But Carnell Tate. We've seen him early. You see him vibe the spring ball, and he was really balling out all the buzz. Brandon Ennis comes in as sort of the boogeyman to this room where he was the highest-rated recruit. We knew he was coming. We knew we needed a need at slot. So Only five-star in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah only five-star in the Big Ten. So we really expected none less high expectations. We really expected none less for Brandon Ennis to come in and really start to ball out and try to get into that, into that slot role, which is the easiest role to get on the field in this wide receiver room. With, uh, with JSN out last season and Mecca going back outside. So I'm going to get to some chats, and then we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire, but let's see what, what everyone is talking about. Mishaposh again, Harline is the gift that keeps on giving. Let me see who we got here. Harbaugh's Booger said four reels. Okay, might have, might have got, got four of them. GOJ says Key and Billy is a big time contributor after Brian Harline takes a head coaching job. Yeah, man, Coach Key. Coach Key. We're so excited to see him at tight end, see what he can do with that room. And says Julian has improved. He is legit. Hopefully so. so <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, cross our fingers. Obviously, there's a super talented dude. Has all as, as talented as any guy, maybe besides Marv, because he's not as long and as freaky in the room, to be honest. Speed. Uh, physical ability just has to put it all together. So we'll we'll see about that. 
So, all right, guys. So what we want to do is we want to go rapid fire here real quick. So I'm going to actually let Ron, I'll pass it off to you. So just a second. Yeah, bef- Sounds good. Before we get started here, I appreciate everyone pulling up. We got 30 people in here. Smash that like button. If you're not subscribed, make sure that you subscribe. We're almost at 1,000 subscribers. So that'll be a huge celebration for us, something that we've been working for uh, for a long time. So we appreciate all your support and just want to thank you guys for uh, showing up with us every morning and uh, talking some Buckeye football with us. So we're going to get started here with Rapid Fire, and we want everybody in the chat to participate. So go ahead and answer in the chat when we throw out these questions. We're going to ask some prop bets regarding the freshman wide receivers here. So I'm going to throw out a couple stats, and I want to get your guys' pick for the freshman wide receivers here. And we're going to start with most snaps. Which freshman wide receiver do you think will play the most snaps this year. Um, so I think I think that will be Brandon Ennis. I think he has the clearest path to the field. <clears throat> if it was me, I would take probably him or Cornell Tate, especially with the early buzz. And I'm not gonna sleep on Noah Rogers either. Obviously, I want I want to see what he's gonna do, but I would probably go Brandon Ennis just because I feel like. He's a the the we have an opening for his for what he brings to the table. We have an opening for that slot receiver. I feel like we want to keep a mecca outside where his best position would be. So I think he will get the most snaps for me. So hear me out. I'm thinking I'm right there with you. I think there's a ton of opportunity for Brandon Ennis, and I think that would be the obvious answer. But with Marv being Marv. And Carnell being the backup X, how much more are we going to see in, in our home and home against Arkansas State? Like, we're not. <laughs> we're <gonna see laughs> like, I feel like Marv is going to be coming out of the game early in the first couple games of the season. And I think that Carnell, with him establishing himself as the backup X, that'll get him a lot of reps. And maybe he can run up the stats early in those first couple games because they'll probably be the most comfortable getting him on the field early with what we've seen from him in spring and him being an early enrollee. So I think he might touch the field before Carnell Tate. So I'm thinking Carnell might get those touches early in the season before Heartline really tightens up the rotation. So I'm going to go with Carnell there. So the next one would be receptions. Brent, which which freshman wide receiver do you think is going to have the most receptions next year? Ah, that's a good question. That one I would have I would have probably leaned Carnell Tate. I think um, just, just just like as you just sold it, um, playing that back up to Marv. Feel like it's a little bit of competition for that position, but when he's going to be in the game, he's going to be he's going to be your ex. He's going to be your go to guy. He's going to be your one on one matchup guy. So that would be the guy I would expect quarterbacks to have comfort with, especially him being here since spring ball. That would be the guy I think they will look for the most. So I think Carnell will finish with the most receptions. I see. I'm going to switch it up, though. I think despite Carnell playing more snaps, I think when Brandon Ennis gets in the game, with him being that slot guy, we've seen how comfortable quarterbacks in Ryan Day's offense are with their slot receivers. Um, we've seen K.J. Hill with, uh, with Dwayne. We've seen C.J.'s connection with J.S.N. Um, I think that if Ennis is in the game, I feel like he will be a safety net underneath for whichever quarterback's in the game. And I really think uh, he'll be an asset when he when he touches the field. Okay. I can see that. Most touchdowns. Yes, we got a lot of Tates for, um, 
for like you said for most receptions. I, I'm actually mix it up. I'm gonna go. We go Noah Rogers for most. No Rogers, explain that to me. Yeah, Where do you so, think those are gonna come from? Early in the season, late in the season? <laughs> yeah. You think he's gonna? Uh, I think it will be early in the season. Late in the season is really the time where, <laughs> where it's, it's brass tags and there's a lot of it's a lot of competitive games. So I expect those touchdowns to come from your Mars, your Mechas, your things like that. So more early in the season, Noah Rodgers has kind of shown himself as a potential big play guy. And you don't expect any of these freshman receivers to go out and have like 42 touchdowns or whatever. I say Noah Rodgers because I think when it comes when it comes to uh, burn time for the early young players, he's a big play guy. And I think he's going to have a few early in the season where you're like, okay, this guy's racked up like three or four TDs in these first, you know, six or so games before we really get into the into the um, crux of the season. So I think I'm going to go with Noah Rodgers. Keep it, keep it a little different. Everybody's going to go Carnell, Tate, or Brandon Ennis. But and I hate, guy, I'm rolling with him. And I hate to be that guy, but I got to go t- Carnell, Tate. That guy, in the, <laughs> that guy in the red zone is an absolute freak. I mean, you could just throw it off to him. It's like Marv 2.0 when we get into the red zone with Carnell. So I'm going to have to go with most touchdowns are going to be from Carnell because I don't know how many opportunities these guys are going to get to break long runs or anything like that. And I feel like Carnell is the best red zone target out of the bunch. But I, again, I don't want to sleep on Noah Rogers because again, I think he is also going to be a problem in the red zone. So then that takes us to most yards. Who are you going with here? Uh, most yards. I would probably have to go Tate. To be honest, I think he'll, I think he'll end up with the most yards. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Ennis. I think that um, when he gets the ball in his hands, I think he's the most dynamic with it in his hands. So I feel like he can make the most of his touches. Uh, and who, which freshman receiver will score the first touchdown for the freshman class? Um, yeah, I, I think that will be Tate as well. I'll give him the lion's share. I think he'll have the first touchdown. I think it'll, I think it'll mean a lot to Buckeye Nation when he does. Obviously, he's had, he's had a pretty rough summer, as rough as you can really get, but he's still at camp. He's still grinding through it. So definitely has our support, and I'm sure everyone's support. So I think, I think you know, he will get the first touchdown. I think he will make, make the, honestly, the biggest first impression of any of these wide receivers going into the next year. That'll be the guy we're talking about next up. So that's my, my vote for that. What about you? Definitely. Prayers up to him with uh, the offseason that he's had, and I think it'll be a special moment when he does get that first uh, touchdown for the Buckeyes. One last thing before we get out of here. We are 30 ma- 38 minutes into the show, and I have not fired Parker Fleming yet. <laughs> so I just want to take the time to do that as our sponsored ad, and we are here to tell you that Parker Fleming should be fired. And since we are firing Parker Fleming, I am asserting myself, Ron James, is the new special team coordinator at Ohio State, but I'm an analyst, not an on-staff assistant, because that's what our special team coordinator should be. And as a new analyst and special teams coordinator, I am having Brandon Innish return punts this year. I don't want to see Marv back there. I don't want to see Emeka back there. Put the boogeyman back there, the most dynamic, the most shifty player on our team. And if we, if, if you're not going to put Cam Martinez back there to return punts, I want to see Brandon Ennis returning punts and kicks this year. I want to get your thoughts on who is going to be the special team standout from the freshman class this year. Is it going to be a freshman flying down there like Arvell Reese smacking heads on kickoff? Or is it going to be one of the freshman receivers potentially in the return game? Who do you think 
could be the stud special team performer from the freshman class this year? Well, first, I want to thank Dunkin' Donuts for sponsoring our Parker <laughs> Fire Parker Fleming advertisement. I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the uh, sponsorship. But um, yeah, so when we talked this summer and we talked punt return and we all said Brandon Ennis, me is included. I'm going to change my tune a little bit. Give me give me Noah Rogers. Noah Rogers is a dynamic guy. I wouldn't mind seeing him back there at punt or kick return. He's he's pretty much done both. Honestly, if Jaden Ballard is not returning kicks, like, what are we doing, to be honest? He's like, a very straight-line like, runner, like, though. I don't know if that is what we need. But that's what you want, though. Punt return, you're on more kick of a return, you want a straight line. But if no, no, Jaden Ballard about, has to make someone yeah. miss on punt within, like, no, the no, first no. couple Jayden seconds, Ballard I'm not the kicks, not punt. Yes, Jaden Ballard return. on kicks. Noah Rogers on punt. Noah Rogers is a shifty guy. He can make people miss. You've seen it from his highlight tape. You know, you know what guys would do when you're like, all right, how did he even get out of that? Like, what's going on here? You make it look like he's playing Pop Warner. So, so to talk about the options that we have at our freshman uh, receivers as returners, Carnell, as, as surprising as it is with him being a long strider and a bigger receiver, was a monster on kick return. I have a highlight video of all of our freshmen where I included a kick return touchdown from every last one of them. Bryson Rogers, Noah Rogers, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, every last one of them is a dynamic returner. So if I see one of our potential first-round wide receivers out there returning kicks, I'm <laughs> going to lose my fucking mind. No, man, it's too, it's too many options. Even, even, you know, throw me a Calvin Sepson hunt. Dude ran track. You know he fat. Like, just we got too many athletes. In Cam it. Martinez! Y'all <laughs> niggas want to play him so bad. Let him fucking return kicks. Yeah, let him return punts, man. So it's too many options to throw your, your best players out who have a, a chance of getting hurt. Like I said, you want to use your most dynamic players, but we got dynamic players who aren't necessarily going to be expected to carry the load this year. So that's where I go. I go Noah Rodgers at punt. I'll go Jaden Ballard at kick. And then let's cross our fingers. We actually get one. Put that up there. Let's get one. So but yeah, man. So um, I want to. One last question before we get out of here. I know we're running way long, but I have to ask you this question. Is this the year that we see a kick or a punt return? Simple yes or no. <laughs> yes. It just needs to be. <laughs> For Parker Flo to keep his job, he's got to get one. So <laughs> go get one, man. Go get one. But yeah, I wanted to um, chat, see if I got any questions. Don't run a little long here. So y'all, some of y'all might be almost at work, but if you got some questions, go ahead and, and, and jump them in. Uh, we got some stuff coming up, so I'll throw it over to Ron. Ron, what we got coming up this week? Oh, we have a special guest tomorrow. Our guy, Anon, from, uh, I know a lot of you guys uh, were introduced to him this past week. He was at Buckeye Camp with all of the live tweeting practice, so we're going to have him on tomorrow morning for an interview with us, uh, and we're going to be talking about the first two practices and what he saw um, at the first open practices for the Buckeyes. Give us a little bit of an inside insight. I know we saw um, a lot of people tweeting about the practices, but it's going to be fun to talk to someone who is actually there and uh, really pick their brain about what they were able to see out there. Yeah, so... Um... So yeah, most definitely that'd be fun to have a have a nice guest, don't we? In there early, we getting gas, man. We we vibing in the morning, and obviously y'all are in here. So appreciate y'all joining. Let me see if we have any questions over here. We need Chris Drew. Yeah, we we got the Chris Drew is a morning person. He's one of the few, so we'll have to get Chris <laughs> here one of these mornings to chop it up with us early before before he has his uh, pre show. Let me see. 
Who's the last person to run one back? Isn't that a Jordan Hall? Jordan Hall, 412, Pittsburgh stand up. Oh, Whippio legend, former Terrell Pryor high school teammate, and Buckeye legend Jordan Hall, the last punt return for the Buckeyes. Yeah, Harbaugh look is right. Mecca did have one last year. He just um he just kind of called back with what's up call. So that that oh, one hurt. Oh, who would like, you blame for that? One. Who who would you blame for our special teams constantly having penalties? <laughs> <laughs> if Dude, only hey, there was someone in charge of that group of individuals. Dunkin' Donuts only paying for one ad. They will not get a second one until they up No, that one's it. on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. GOJ says, I attended I attended one practice. The squad is going to be great. People just just watch. So I'm excited for that, man. That's, that's honestly dope. I'm happy you got to go. So keep, keep chiming in. Let us know who's balling out there. All that good stuff. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it. We're about 45, but this has been a great morning, man. Hope you got your energy running. Hopefully get this Monday started off right. Let's all have a good week. I appreciate y'all. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you share it. Big shout out to Doreen. She's been on the timeline. Tweeting out the video. We might have to put her on the advertiser payroll once we have one. So Yeah, as soon as we get there, Doreen's out there every week. show supporting us and we really appreciate that showing us love on the timeline and we appreciate you guys showing up every morning to talk Buckeye football with us here on the Buckeye Roast. Q, tell the people where they could find you other than here every morning. Well, yeah, I'm contractually ob- obligated to be here, but when when they do give me breaks every now and then, um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at City Boy Quentin. You can find me on Instagram at Flying at Johnson. Post a couple cool pics over there. You know, let's see what my life is like. But other than that, also see here him on- in the streets of DC. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But yeah, also here on YouTube at Marley Films. You know, where my movie people at? Movie people tap in with me. We talk some films, have a good time over there. Ron, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at two underscore T-E-E-S. That's two T's. You can find me on Twitch at two T's, on TikTok at two shysty. And you can find me here every morning at 8 a.m. for the Buckeye Roast. Sunday mornings with our guys Mike and Cam for the Buckeye BS. Make sure you tune into yesterday's episode if you haven't got a chance to check that out. And yeah, tap in with us tomorrow. We have a special guest interview, so Be sure to subscribe, like the video, and check in with us every morning at 8 a.m. here on the Buckeye Roast. We appreciate you guys pulling up. Thank you.